yeah, everyone. Episode 140 is about to start. This is Cut the Shit, Get Fit with your host, Rafal Matuszewski. I'm going solo, and I'm really excited about this episode because the topic is going to be based off a Facebook post I saw that I thought it was really good, which was called Name Something Bad Personal Trainers Do, and I made sure I saved this because so many people commented with some shitty things they've seen trainers do, and I wanted to touch on each one because it's a big, 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 big pet peeve of mine seeing other coaches not being professional, and we'll probably get right into it, and I'll try to elaborate on each one and put my personal take on it. But, as always, to start off, we gotta do some shout-outs because every single week I get new cities listening to my show. Uh, the first three are all from the States. Number one, we got Chicago. Number two, we got Orlando. And number three, we got Boston. So shout out to all of those cities. And I wanted to do a quick mention to two other cities going international here. The fifth top most listened city on my show right now is Perth out in Australia. And number eight, hopefully I'm not butchering this, it's Phuket in Thailand. So pretty cool people in Thailand and Australia are listening to my show. So thank you for all the support overseas, international, just amazing. Thank you. So we're going to hammer this out because, you know, going from gym to gym, seeing how other coaches act and react and spill out advice is always really interesting to me. There is no set standard of how a coach is educated. It is so different out there depending on where you live and you just hope to God that they're not making things worse for the individual. So the first one I wanna talk about is drinking coffee or eating during training sessions. You would be surprised how many coaches do this. I don't understand it. I totally get having, you know, your protein shake or a coffee and, you know, a little thermos off to the side. And in between clients, you go to take a sip while they're, you know, transitioning from finishing their session by all means. But if you are on the floor talking to your client with a Starbucks cup in your hand, being so laid back like come on our jobs are already so laid back we get to wear sweatpants and shorts every day you don't have to like take it to the next level and start eating like chicken alfredo on the floor which i've seen yeah i just i don't understand how people do this um not continuing their own education and offering advice beyond their training experience. God, I cannot agree more. You know it's a red flag when you overhear another trainer go, I can fix you. For fuck's sakes. No. No, you cannot fix them. 
This is the biggest thing I absolutely hate that coaches do. You know, they take a rehab course or they watch a video of another physical therapist that's also a coach like uh, Dr. John Russin that I had on my show and they're like, oh my God, I can do the same thing. I'm going to start fixing people with this corrective strategy. And then you get someone coming in, they've been to a car accident, everything hurts. And then you go and say, don't worry, I can fix you. You know how wrong that is? Because if something happens to that individual, it's going to reflect directly at the coach's prescription of exercise. When I have a person come in brand new and has dealt with pain and has been in a car accident, my first thing I ask them, have you been cleared by a physical therapist? If the answer is no, here's my referral network. Go see one of these individuals. When they check you out and you're like, yep, they told me I'm supposed to exercise. I'm good to go. Here's some training recommendations. By all means, 100%. But don't go past what you're allowed to do. Trainers are meant to train people, not rehab them from so much pain that maybe a physical therapist should start with them first. Because there is a transition, right? Especially with a car accident. Like, I've trained so many clients that have been in that situation and clients being in a, like, T-bone accident, car totally destroyed and just scrapped to a point where they had like a 30 kilometer, I don't know what that is in miles for all the people in the US, like fender bender in the parking lot that messes up their entire back. Like I've seen it all, but always, always I refer them out because if their symptoms get worse and... I was the last person dealing with them. That is a huge no-no and I could be sued and we don't want to see that. All right. Enough with that. Um, What else we got here? Training movements instead of the individual. So I firmly believe that every person is an individual when it comes to training you know a lot of coaches make this mistake where they see this awesome exercise and they're like i'm gonna do that on monday with my clients and that client has some sort of you know limitation and they just kind of like jam a round peg in a square hole hoping that it's going to fit and it doesn't, and it just makes things worse along um, down the road. And if you don't take care of the you know individual aspect of training, then you're never going to see progression in your clients and all the people that are listening that are just fitness enthusiasts. Like you need to choose exercises that are good for you. Just because you bought a book with a program and they have straight bar deadlifts in there doesn't mean you need to do that exercise like do you have the prerequisites to actually deadlift from the floor keeping your back in a neutral position engage your hamstrings and glutes and not your erectors to a point where you get low 
like shooting low back pain like you need to find exercises that are meant for you and this is where you know better education a really good coach can help you with that you know if your coach doesn't do an assessment on you how are they supposed to program exercises specific to you so remember you are an individual and that same concept should be applied to training sounds good perfect um the other one is like being on phones for me personally all my clients have an app a training app with their programs and i train in a semi-private model for majority of my clients so they have their programs on their phone but i never look at my phone during the session I will periodically go check my phone just in case if a client is coming in late and they texted me saying like, hey, I'll be there in 10 minutes. But I'm never on my phone checking Facebook, answering emails, or taking a phone call, or worse yet, watching sports (laughs) during the training session. I've fucking seen this happen. I don't understand how this is like, okay. Put your phone away. Your clients can use their phones if their program's on their phones. But it just blows my mind, but I've seen this happen. Um, this this blows my mind, too. Male trainers flirting and playing grab ass with their female clients. Why? And how are you getting away with this? Where's the professionalism? Like, I don't get it. And... I hate when I see trainers take advantage of women like this because it's just, God, I am face palming right now because when I was reading through this Facebook thread, it, my jaw was just dropped the entire time. I'm like, how is this happening? Who is the governing body behind these trainers? Are they all like, you know, contractors out of a gym and they just can do whatever they want? Are they employees? Like, fuck. No. Ladies, if you hire a trainer and they slap your ass and he's male, that's a big fat no. Like, the furthest I've ever went is teaching someone how to engage their glutes, and I will just poke them in the butt, and of course, I will ask, is it okay if I touch you? And that's another thing, too, is like a lot of coaches just get right in there, and you don't know if the person is okay being like moved around um with someone else's hand so you always have to ask like can i touch you to like move your hips in this direction during this exercise 99 percent of the time they're gonna say that's okay and sometimes people just need that feedback but you don't need an ass slap to get your workout functioning the way it should fuck <laughs> um the other one is the how a lot of coaches think that, you know, being in the weight room and lifting heavy weights is the end-all, be-all, and cure-all for everything. You know, I've had a lot of clients in the past that, you know, don't really like the gym, but they know they should do it a little bit. And with them, I will tell them, like, all I want from you is to go to the gym one day a week and do other activities that you really enjoy. And I've had plenty of women where, They love taking classes. They want to do Zumba. They want to do a dance class. They want to go hiking with their friends. And I just make it um, known to them that, you know, a great way to complement all those activities is to build some strength upon it. 
So then when you do go hiking, your joints are strong and you can do a six hour hike up a mountain and not be sore the next day. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So you need to educate that strength is important, but not the end all be all. Because, you know, to be successful long term, you want to do things that are fun. Right. So like I had another guy, this is a male example where he didn't really like lifting weights, which is, you know, kind of strange for most guys but he really enjoyed playing basketball and I'm like awesome play as many times as you want during the week but just commit to the gym one day a week and the moment I gave him that like that clearance that that's okay he's he stuck with me forever and who knows like maybe if he was another trainer and the trainer's like no you have to do strength in the gym then play basketball maybe he would stop going to the gym altogether, right? You have to meet the client halfway. It can't just be your view. You have to give a little to get a little, right? If the client wants to do something and it's not in lines with your vision, adjust your vision to still get, you know, the main core value out of it and then the rest of it, what the, clients, what the client wants and they will be successful long-term. Um, the other one is, this is a tough one because trainers have multiple hats. This next one is, you know, personal trainers getting into like physical therapy, becoming a dietitian, you know, being a psychologist, all of that stuff kind of gets into our little bubble because, you know, it's all connected. If you look at training as a whole, you know, you have to give nutrition advice. You have to give some sort of like rehab recommendations and you have to troubleshoot with mental blocks, but you can't go as far as you need to, you know, do this to beat your binge eating disorder and maybe that person wasn't even diagnosed with binge eating disorder. And as a coach, you just said, you have binge eating disorder, right? Like for myself, for example, if you've been listening to my show, I deal with binge eating, but I don't officially know if it's a disorder because I haven't been to a therapist yet to tell them what my issues are. And then they can say, yes, you have binge eating disorder. Here are some necessary steps you should take to beat this mental illness. I'm just assuming I have that disorder. And I think it's important for coaches when they deal with clients that deal with emotional eating and binge eating um, episodes and not disorders to kind of guide them in the direction of going to see someone that's a professional in that field and not be like, okay, this is what you need to do. Never diagnose. You can just suggest. Similar to nutrition, you know, like if I had someone coming in for basic weight loss, for sure, there's nothing wrong against you saying, Make sure you eat your protein. Make sure you eat your vegetables. If you want to get a little bit more technical, let's count calories and macros. If someone comes to you for weight loss and they have a medical condition that, you know, is involved with their thyroid and hormones and crap like that, 
maybe that's a little bit outside of your scope and you need to send them to a professional. Send them to a dietitian, send them to a naturopathic doctor or a medical doctor, and after they see them, they'll probably have clear guidelines of what they can and can't do. They come back to you and they're like, okay, I can continue coaching you through nutrition with these guidelines from your professional. That's all it is. And like we touched on it earlier, someone comes to you and be like, hey, I tore my ACL, I'm out of surgery, what should I do? Go see a physical therapist first. Get some manual therapy done, get some training recommendations, come back to me, we'll start implementing it. Or go to the physical therapist with your client, see what they do, talk to the physical therapist for recommendations, that physical therapist's eyes are gonna pop open like, oh my God, this trainer actually cares about rehab. I'm going to send them more clients. Simple. Um, so there's a lot of trainers that kind of walk a fine line between what they can and can't do. So I always try to make sure I'm not. And I know when I'm like, it's way out of my lead where someone's like, yeah, so I had like this fusion surgery on my lower back. Everything hurts. I've tried everything. Do you think you can help me? I go, well, I think I can, but I'd feel more comfortable if you saw this chiropractor that I've been working with and get some recommendations, then I can take you. That's all it is. That client is going to feel more um, happy knowing that they're going to have a team around them trying to get them better. And that client will stay with you forever. So remember all the fitness enthusiasts listening, if you're dealing with pain or any kind of like psychological issue and you're talking to your trainer about it all the time, they should refer out to their network and work together with that other professional and you will see so much more success. Um, I think for the last one I wanna bring up is placing goals onto clients. I totally understand where when you have a client and you want them to be successful, but to a point where you're placing goals that they don't even want to achieve. And I've seen this so many times with coaches. They, you're like, all right, you're gonna come in, we're gonna get you losing weight, we're gonna do this, this, and this, and this. And the client, if they're brand new to this kind of environment, they're just gonna go along with it. But down the road, they're gonna be like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it, it's not my thing. And the coach is like, no, you need to do this, this is how it's working. This is how you're gonna be successful. But all this does is brings that coach-client relationship as far as part as possible. Talk to your client, learn their pain points, figure out what's most important to them, figure out their why. Every client will come in and be like, hey, I wanna lose some weight. Yeah, that's great, but why? Why do you wanna lose weight? Figure out that why and bring them to that you know goal weight that they want to achieve don't place goals for them that they don't really want to do and they're just too nice to be like hey this is not for me so i'm going to leave it there because like i was scrolling through that thread and there's so many stupid crap that trainers do out there so i'm going to leave it nice and short and end the show on a good note that you know there are a lot of crappy coaches out there 
But if I had to build out a gym today and I could hand select all the staff of all the coaches, I could easily find 100 really knowledgeable and great coaches all over the world by just going onto my Facebook and DMing each and one of them compared to going to your local gym and hoping to find one. There are a lot of amazing a lot of amazing trainers out there all over the world. They're just a dime a dozen. So if you are a fitness enthusiast that had a bad experience with a trainer, don't give up. Go find another one. Or hey, sign up with online coaching with me and I promise you you will have a great experience because fitness and health is a journey. And who would want to go on a road trip with someone you half like? You want to take someone on that journey with you that will sing along to every single song you like and play every single car game imaginable and just create amazing memories. That's what personal training is. A fun road trip with your favorite person and you'll create memories that will last a lifetime. That's what training coaches should be like. Bam, I did not even know I was going to say that. Um, So let's end it off there because that was a good note. And thank you for all my listeners out there supporting me on this show. We are really close to 20,000 listens per month. I'm really excited. We are almost there. So I'm going to ask again, please, 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 please share this podcast with your friends and family, loved ones, everyone on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, if you can. I don't know if you can share podcasts on Pinterest, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever you're on. Share this podcast. And thank you once again. That's it for me.